This is a warning to all living mortals that on the 13th of December, Moose will release 13 of the most terrifying interviews of horror unto the world. That's right, 13 brand new episodes in the month of December leading up to our season premiere. And until then, horror hounds, mash on. to another all-new Moose's Monster Mash. I'm your host, Moose. This is another installment in the 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. And today, we have what could be considered the Moose's Ghost of Christmas Past, Present, and Future, as our guest has been involved in projects we've talked about in the past, we'll talk about this year, and we'll most likely talk about in future years. So, without further ado... Let's welcome Mr. Darren Lee uh, Cook. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. I'm glad we were able to get this knocked out. And yeah, it's, you know, just looking through your list, it's funny because uh, one of the, you know, we're talking Tin Roof, you know, I'm talking with Rebecca Reinhardt and uh, Rob Mello about Tin Roof, th- you know, this year. Yeah, and obviously the listeners know I've talked a lot about, uh, Reunion from Hell uh, Two with Hayden, and you're with in both of those. And there's, as we talked before we started, you have a lot in post production. So there's going to be a lot that I want to talk about in the future. So it's it's really fitting this whole like Christmas theme of where your career's at right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot actually. I think I've got um, two right now that are in that are Chris actually Christmas related that are in post-production. So before we get into all that, I have, and it's probably a stupid question. Do you ever get confused for Jason Momoa? Oh my God. I, I hear it every day. Yes. Okay. Every day of my life. I'm so glad it wasn't just me. Cause like the first time I saw your picture, I was like, Oh shit. He looks like yeah. Momoa. <laughs> uh, because I have a beard and I have long hair. That's pretty much it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's a good problem to have. Like, I if I'm going to get... Con- for sure. <laughs> like, if I'm going to get compared to anybody, I'd probably like to be compared to arguably one of the hottest guys in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, I, I do appreciate the compliment. I'm not... I would never knock it, but I am... I hear it a lot, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> where did you get your start in uh, films? Like, what, what, what was the spark to get you, like, yep, I want to act? Oh, that happened really young, man. So, like, in single digits. I, I 
I was that kid that grew up saying I was going to be an entertainer. So I never thought to have any other job or any other life. And that happened from a really young age. That was just from watching movies and just falling in love with being able to pretend and get paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) Just sounded so fun to me. And then growing up as a kid, I was always involved in the arts in some degree. So that was a very early realization I had. Well, and it, it uh, my, is my start. I started working really young, so I was doing plays and theater and all of that kind of stuff as a kid. Oh, I nice. just never stopped. <laughs> you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, because like, it, you know, acting and filmmaking, it, it's it really is a chance to live out your inner childhood. Cause you're you're getting paid to play dress up. You're getting paid to play pretend, like. Regardless of the role, you get to be what makes a kid a kid as a career. Yeah, well, I I went at probably like at the age right out of high school, I went the dance route rather than the acting route, and I became a professional dancer really young and and a performer. So I did do I had done performances. I was worked as a part of a couple of movies that came out in the dance world, and it wasn't until. 2000 and oh my gosh uh, i can't even remember now like 2000 and i want to say 12 or something where i have gotten to the point in my life where i'm able to step away from that dance world and pursue acting as well so i've been able to get back into acting which i had put on hold i hadn't done a play since 2012 that was the year i actually that's the year that it started probably i got asked to choreograph a musical and i also played a a part in the musical and then i was like man why have i put this off for so long because i hadn't done any acting probably for a decade so now i'm curious was what was the right musical? after the other say that again uh, so now i'm curious what was the musical legally blonde oh nice <laughs> so i uh, choreographed all of the dance numbers that were was in the production and i played emmett <laughs> so it was a lot of fun it was a blast to be back on stage and because that's what I did originally. I was theater trained and then, um, but the schedule for theater is out of control. Yeah. And I ha- I also have a product, uh, performance company that I own and uh dance studio. So that goes nonstop. That's full time all the time. So I can't commit to the stage. My busiest time is in the evening. So, but with a film, you can get them done much quicker and you still get, that acting bug out. So I started doing films and then it was like, bang, bang, bang. I just did a, a ton of them. So that's because I can step away from the dance world really for that's just a minute. In, that's insane. But you're, you're right. I mean, like theater acting and acting in general is such a different high. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's almost addictive. It's a, it's a different type of world for sure. And it's funny too on a, on a movie set. Usually, when you are a theater actor as well as a, as a on camera actor, we can spot each other on set. So you can usually tell somebody is a theater trained just in the way they handle themselves on set. I say, it, it, just, in my experience, the theater trained people tend to be a little bit more uh, like they, they they project more. They're you know a little bit more uh, well one composed and two more campy. Yeah. More, 
it's bigger, it's, it's more it's, elaborate. It's animated. It's Disney. It's, you know, because... Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah you know, I see it, it, you're right. You know, it, it's not... Like, when you're on stage, you have to make sure the guy in the nosebleed seats can see and hear exactly what you're doing. Whereas yeah. on camera, that's not really a problem. It's If they want to focus in, they just zoom in. You know, the, it translates. I'm, I'm a singer as well, and it, it translates into that world as well. So when you go from being a, a singer who is on stage, like in a, a musical or anything like that, you have to sing to the person that's in the far the back of the auditorium. So you project much differently on a stage. And then when you go into a recording studio, that entire audience is now right inside your mouth because you're talking to a microphone, which is right in front of you. Yeah. So the way you project and the way that you sing, if, if I was going to go into a recording studio and try and sing the way that I do on stage, I'd blow that producer's eardrums out. Oh, definitely. So you, you, ch- you start singing more from your throat than you do from your diaphragm. So exactly the same analogy crosses over into acting as well. When you have a camera that can capture every single emotion in your face, then you don't need to project those emotions as big as you would on a stage for somebody that is 500 yards away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just translates from both worlds. So, when did you get interested in horror? I know before we were talking and you said that, you know, you've been a nightmare fan since you were a kid and definitely get into, you know, the, the perks of that here in a little bit. But like, was that your foray into uh horror or was there something else that tripped that bug? Uh, no, I, uh, maybe that might've been like my first, the original nightmare on Elm street might've been the kickoff. I can't remember. I was always that kid who was into gore and Friday the 13th. And I had those posters on my walls. I was a huge horror fan. So I was the kid that everybody thought was a little weird, but, um, it it tracks. It goes with the theater. Yeah. 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 So it's all the same. It's just all big theatrics. And I didn't find it scary. I found it exhilarating. I, I thought the more psychologically they freaked me out, I enjoyed them more. So it was never really about the gore aspect of it, but it was, they're thrilling. Oh, so yeah. I became a huge horror fan. And then Nightmare on Elm Street, that series just drug me in. And that was my childhood growing up. So as I was growing up, those movies were being released. I was anticipating each one in the theater. So Nightmare's got a huge, um, it has been a big part of my life just growing up. But I like all horror. Anything that I thought was scary but i i tend to lean more towards more from the 70s and 80s horror films and so more like the classic like the ones too. Like, like, like the classic horror as opposed to some of the newer uh super gore fest commercial and, horror yeah, yeah um, so there's a I, there are horror movies that are made to be blockbusters and nothing against them, but that's just what they are. And then there were horror, there were horror movies that were made to be a horror film that happened to got to get lucky and yeah. became big. So, and I prefer the ones that are more indie and more lower budget. Well, and that's part of why I really like doing these uh, thirteen episodes in December. I get to uh, listeners. I'm sure I've said this on another one of these episodes, and so if it's a repeat, I apologize. But it, it's. I get to focus on, like, horror movies made by horror fans. Yeah. 
you know, yeah, and it, it's, you can tell it when you watch it. Yeah, like there, there's a different level of like care and uh, passion that goes into uh, independency than a lot of like the big commercial and uh, blockbuster films because Absolutely. you know, f- for the most part, a lot of these guys aren't making money. money. They're doing this because they want to make a movie. Because they're a fan of it. They're a fan of the genre themselves. You know, and I love coming across, you know, uh, uh, in, in the last couple of years, just a lot of the things I've stumbled across just looking for things to talk about is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really opened up my eyes for where, like, the indie horror scene is. And it's there's a lot of amazing creators in the indie horror world right now. Uh, yeah, agreed. And you happen to be, you know, going the route of blowing up in the indie world. Well, we'll be blowing up in the indie world with everything that's coming out. Um, and just acting, you know, in general, like your name's going to be everywhere, I think, within the next year or so. And yeah, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> that, that's the plan, right? <laughs> that's the plan. That would be awesome. I do have a lot of stuff that's going to drop like simultaneously, though. That's, that was just a timing thing that happened, but that'll be a cool moment when they all come out and everybody can finally see them. Oh, definitely. And I know from a, uh, you know, just being kind of attached to it standpoint, the one I'm super looking forward to is Reunion from Hell 2, just because mm-hmm. I have done so much like behind-the-scenes work on it. I'm ready to see the final product, and that's... You know, you play Wes in the movie, and you get to work with Lisa Wilcox, Danny Hassel, and Mark Patton, which, as you said, you know, Nightmare was your franchise. Talk about a dream come true. Still is. Yeah, absolutely. It was was a a faded opportunity, for sure. The way that everything just kind of fell into place, and um, I was led into that experience. Yeah, it was really cool. And they were so cool. Say what? What all was that like? What all was that experience like? Summer camp. <laughs> it felt like summer camp. It was. I can't even remember how many of us there were. There were a lot, a lot of people there. Yeah. I'm gonna say at least fifteen. This sounds right. Yeah. And um, all in that one cabin, and we were literally all under the same roof. Um, there were. It was very close quarters, so it was like summer camp. Like, you don't often go to sleep at night and you can hear people breathing around you. (laughs) Because they're literally right over there. It was fun. And and I got to go to summer camp with three people that I idolized as a kid. Which was very, very cool. So that's definitely a uh, bucket list item for you. I mean, you know, you, you, you get a... You know, essentially live with your idols for a few weeks. That's yeah. that's surreal. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's like Big Brother um, horror I, I edition. I've met all of them before, but you know, I'm a horror fan, so I go to cons. So I have met them and spoke with them at cons and stuff. Not that I'm sure they would remember, but I certainly do. Oh, definitely. But yeah, getting into the same roof for like an entire week, about longer than that, it was like a week and a half, I think. God, that was a very cool experience, and it led to a lot. So it, you know, it led to three friendships with the three of them, and I'm still in contact with them. I've cast them in a movie that I'm going to be producing. So it 
every opportunity leads to another opportunity. Oh yeah, that's the cool thing about this business. You know, every, you know, and you know, everything's a step forward. You know, yep. it's you know, should be. Hopefully. Everything should be a step forward and a building block to further yourself and your relationships. Yeah, and people around you. Yeah, because that's why I. If you look at my career, a lot of those names crisscross. Mm-hmm. So I've worked with the people multiple times on different projects, and that's just how it works. You work with your friends. Oh yeah, yeah, and then you eventually you know become friends with the people you work with. So it just kind of roll all rolls together. Do you have from Reunion from Hell to a favorite scene that you shot that you could talk about? Well, I don't know what I'm forbidden of from talking about I um mean, probably just don't spoil anything but outside of that so if you die don't tell us well my, my <laughs> favorite scene in the movie is a scene where an argument takes place between a bunch of people but at, at the time it was unscripted oh, so wow. we all got to improv and that was a lot of fun to be able to improv and improv with people from Nightmare Elm Street so it was just a really fun experience to be able to get heated in that moment and not know what anyone was going to say at any given point. And we all just got to play. And that was a lot of fun and a, a, a really cool scene and a cool memory, actually. Just really step into the character and be like, all right, let the show. Is this, is that the, uh, I think it's the cabin scene. It ends almost with a uh, fight. It's in one of the trailers, like a brief snippet of it. Oh, yeah, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's, you, you get to, you know, really see like, okay, how, how would my character roll in this, uh, situation right now and just run with it? That, yeah, that, that's, uh, again, bucket list stuff. Yeah, it was fun. I love improv. I'm because, because I'm theater trained. So anybody who's theater trained loves improv where you just, we can just make this stuff up and improv makes a lot of actors uncomfortable. They need it to be scripted, but improv to me is a lot of fun and everybody I think had fun at that particular moment just kind of just making it up of whatever you thought your character would say in that particular moment oh yeah yeah and it's definitely a skill because there are a lot of people who can't think on their feet and improv requires that ability to you know zig and zag and think on your feet and keep moving yeah for sure Let's shoot over to uh, Tin Roof. Okay. Movie with, uh, you know, movie being put out by Rob Mello from Happy Death Day 1 and 2 and Rebecca Reinhardt, who, you know, they are guests this year as well. And, you know, talk about summer camp. That's, you know, this is a summer camp movie. Literally summer camp. Yeah. And in which you play Marco. Yes. Um... I think they're shooting, they said they're shooting for a spring release in like spring, late spring, early summer of 2023 for uh, Tin Roof. So awesome. That should be a, uh, that's another one that I'm really looking forward to because I remember when it was announced and I watched it go from like idea to casting to uh, funding to production it's like wow you know just watching it went the, through many iterations of that yeah you know just watching all it's, the wheels turn multiple times you know i can't remember how many years they 
they said that they had been working on it, but it had been a while. Yeah. You know, and just watching all those wheels turn and, you know, finally seeing this product soon to come out is, is mind blowing. Yeah. That one, um, they had cast it. They were, I think, ready to film at one point and had to put it on hold and then come back. I was a cast replacement. So I wasn't the original actor that was hired to play Marco. I stepped in. I actually have two that I ended up doing that for that were movies that had been in production for pre-production for a while. And then when it came time to shoot it, somebody would end up not being able to be in it. And I would end up being a replacement character. And both of them were awesome. So much fun. Uh, So yeah, when, you know, you know, they say everything happens for a reason, and yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. You know, and they, even uh, I'm pretty—I can't remember why, but I remember I, Rob uh, had thought I would not be right for the part, and I was like, "Really?" And I remember I uh, read for it, so I was like, "Let me read for it and just give it a try." And then he came back and he goes, "Absolutely." <laughs> um, <laughs> appreciate it but i remember him thinking that i was not right for it at one point but they were so fun they're they're both such a fun couple professionally and together oh yeah Uh, say that they're definitely like power couples not the right word but they are definitely a uh force when they get together they're they're getting they're on their way though yeah yeah i mean rebecca as a director was was great i'm excited I could tell that what she was actually doing was creating her fantasy mm-hmm. and her love of the genre. So I could tell that it was important to her. Well, and you Rob has been that when you can tell that the, oh, yeah. the writers and the directors actually care about the project that they're working on. I say, and Rob's been talking her up for years. You know, she, you know, she has this mind for horror and just, you know, getting to, you know, especially getting to sit down and talk to her about it. You, you get to like kind of open that book a little bit and you're just like, whoa. So in your case, you got to witness it firsthand. Oh yeah. I love that. They're both, they're both awesome in so many ways. And Rob is awesome to be around. He's got this Yoda vibe. He's, he's a charmer. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel like you're listening to words of wisdom as he talks and, He's just a very cool guy, chill guy to be around. And say, and he's one of those guys. Like, if he likes you, and you know, you're you're good to him, he's got you. You know, if you need yeah. something, he's got you. He will do whatever it takes to help you out. It's phenomenal. Like, okay, so there was the improv scene in uh, reunion from Hell Two. Anything like yeah. that with uh, Tin Roof? It's like I, I, the the behind the scenes stuff where like it plays out really good on camera, and you wouldn't expect it. Those are fun stories to hear. Uh, yeah, with Tin Roof, we got lucky because the cast members, the core group of friends in the film, um, we all just got along really, really well. So to us, it felt like a reunion, and um, they, we just had really good chemistry together. So every scene kind of flowed really well and we were really comfortable playing with each other and playing off of each other. Um, and that is magic when you get that. Oh, definitely. So you know, it's, I think that's going to show in the, in the chemistry of the cast. 
Oh yeah, it's like those are you know those lightning in a bottle moments where everything yes. just lines up perfectly. Yep, and then lined up with Rebecca and uh, Rob's vision and their story. It's gonna be. I can't wait to see it. Oh yeah, it's definitely on my. Uh, I'm ready to watch list. There were many moments of magic with the cast, so it'll be interesting to see it all put together. And then and Marco is is kind of funny, so he's going to be, um, I think, a, a fun character for people. Almost a uh, comedic relief. Uh, in some ways, yeah. Sweet. Uh, so I, 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 he might not have meant to be as as funny, but he's definitely a fish out of water in the story for sure. Hell yeah! And then let's jump to the future a little bit. Okay. And this is once this comes out, you're, I definitely want you back so I can talk more about it. But yeah, that's what's hard because I can't. I yeah. don't know what I can say and what I can't say, and I don't want to give anything away. Let's let's look at Emerald Forest. Okay. That looks amazing. I know. You know what? Also, it looks expensive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so it is. I look at it very differently than everybody else looking at it. But I, well, I, say, I mean, you're you're def- an actor and producer on it, so I mean, it's, it's kind of yeah. a, like ah, and creator. I created it. Yeah. So it's, it is a, it is my baby born from nothing, and it is a very cool story. And I, what I'm convinced is a probably a billion dollar uh, potential because it has the potential to go off and do series and it's a whole universe. Yeah. Comic books and books and merchandising and the characters are really well written, well written and they're smart. I'm excited for people to see it. That's definitely comic give me books. Money. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm working on that. I said, do you currently have an Indiegogo runner for this right now or is that one done? No, I haven't. I haven't. Um, done any kind of crowdfunding everything that we have raised for the film so far has been through investors wow so but we're a long way off from our budget and um right now it's being talked that i we might shoot like the first 10 minutes of the film and then show people where this is going to go and try and raise the rest of the money that way it's just it's a very expensive idea of course, of course, my first big dive into this is going to be the most expensive genre that you can make a film in, in fantasy world. And then it's a lot to bite off. Oh, yeah. So it's going to take some time, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, a fantasy, like like Dark Wizard of Oz uh, story. And just from everything, you know, uh, again, just kind of, you know, watching from... Like the first couple posts you made about it, and I'm I'm eager to watch where this goes because yeah, I, I, I agree this this has its has the potential to be huge. Well, it's it's you know it, it showed me that I I was onto something because there are a couple of Oz inspired things that are going to be coming soon mm-hmm. from other people. Yeah. So there is a dark Oz movie that is coming out, a horror movie based around Oz. And um, 
And then there's one other thing, too, that I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's also Oz-related. However, both of them are very different than the Emerald Forest. And so my story, I, I'm still not entirely sure that I'm not willing to turn this into a series instead of a film. So that I'll actually shoot a pilot instead of shooting a feature film. And then try and turn it into an actual series where it can be longer. It'll end up being much bigger than a movie. Well, and yeah, you get, you can dive more into the story. You get, you definitely get more time Deeper, to, yes. yeah, you, you get more time to work with things. Right. And my story, the Emerald Course is actually the first of three. So it's a trilogy. There's three films and the Emerald Forest is just the first of you really did, uh, like you're jump, you know, you're gonna jump off the cliff. You're jumping off the biggest cliff you can, uh, <laughs> you, you I know, can I've find. I've always been that way, though. <laughs> I'm all, I've always been that person that if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna do it big. I said, they say go big or go home, and most times it pays off. You know, and it is a a dream for sure. So it's one I'm working on, but keep your fingers crossed. Well, you know, you you start crowdfunding or something, I will definitely push and promote it yeah because it's definitely going to be an, an option i think the first thing though is that I, I really need to make a decision on where i'm going i said nail down is the direction going to be a series is it going to be a movie am i just going to shoot the first 10 minutes of it am i going to try and i got to figure out what the actual plan is yeah and i i it's a big decision to make and it's a lot of money no matter what so because it's my first try i'm i don't want to make the wrong decision so I have to really weigh everything. Once I figure that, then the ball will start rolling on it, and it'll be a completely different experience. I'm just not sure when that ball is, when I'm going to release that ball yet. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many different ways it could go. You know, I also have been, this, this past year has been crazy, as you can tell, how many things I have in post-production. Yeah. So I've shot so many things this year that I didn't really have the time to invest in it in the Emerald Forest the way I wanted to. So that is going to change as the beginning of, after the beginning of the year. Well, and it, it's a situation where it almost kind of sucks because you have to take one aspect of your career, put it on hold to focus on a different spot. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like, okay, I can, I can do this movie and then I can hop over and do this movie. Different types of characters, fine, so be it. But this is a movie where you know, with idea and story and long-term, where's it going? There's a lot of man hours that go into just planning. Yeah, I could actually, I could probably employ a, a 20 people yep. to work on this project. Say, just, to plan, just to plan its future. And right. then you get into production. You know, I mean, that's, it's crazy. But it, it's, it's a good crazy you know, yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's yeah, it's that excited drive that 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 fu- that that fire that keeps you passionate about everything. And I, I think wherever you land on it, movie or series, it's going to come out phenomenally. And I mean, there's another option. I'm not I'm not even sure if you consider you can go animated. Yeah, that's also an option. I know, and I've been approached by a few people that are. You know, so there's like at least three paths to look at and say, okay, what's the longevity on this and where, where do I fall? Yeah. You know, so 
Well, I don't envy your situation. I, I, I do look forward to the final product because knowing you know how much time and effort you're putting into this, I, I, I think it's going to be killer. Be and it's not. I think it's going to be one one of those that people don't want to sleep on. Yeah, no, it's it it is exciting for sure. The the script is really it's still in its first draft, so it's done, and everybody who's read it has loved it. But now trying to put that into a production is we've got to figure out what changes need to be made in the script on a production point. Yeah. So you know, I mean, it's got a lot of special effects. It's a really elaborate. There's and that can be done a billion different ways. So I need to decide how it's funny. It's like you, you have to kind of decide how generic am I willing to go with effects? It's like, yeah, where, where are then, you willing to compromise your dream so that right. other parts can flourish? And I, and I, I cast, uh, some really cool actors, including the guys from, the nightmare films and although the, the script is doing exactly what my initial plan was with, which was to create a project where they really have to act i want them to be able to show everybody what they've got because they're amazing actors i say and not just and oh it's another horror you know oh you're in another not horror another role. horror film right so and that's their bread and butter for sure but i there's they're incredibly talented and I want them to be able to show people a different side of them and the characters that they're going to be playing are super cool and um, I don't want to chintz on that I don't want to chintz out on that experience and that's why the budget is so big and that's why it's so expensive and that's what makes it so daunting and then that wheel starts turning Yeah. so I gotta I, just like all those other questions have to be answered they're being questioned is how chintzy am I going to allow this to go <laughs> based on the money? You know what I mean? So it's just a lot of questions. Yeah, I, I guess that would be the benefit of a series because you could shoot a pilot and if, you know, and then shop it around. And if somebody likes right. it, you can get funding. They'll, they'll produce yeah. episodes. That's the, that would be the goal. Just, but then again, with the movie too. It is, although it is not going to be anything Wizard of Oz related like people are probably expecting in their head. It's completely different than anything they can come up with in their imagination. Um, there are nods to the Wizard of Oz, and we obviously have a tornado that takes place, and that whole story is similar to the Wizard of Oz. So my idea is to shoot the film up to that point, to the point that the tornado erects. And then we'll get people interested in the rest of the story. What happened beyond? What happens when Ben arrives at Oz? So that would be a way to raise the money for the Oh, yeah. Movie. yeah so and looking at the artwork from here. it, I was, I've been yeah. getting like solid Dungeons and Dragons vibes. And <laughs> like, it, it definitely, it's very solid in the fantasy realm. And it, I, I think. It when you not if when you get this knocked out, it's gonna blow some people's minds. Yeah, I think so too. I hope so. That's my my goal. And I, I have I've witnessed that mind blow happen in front of me many times with the 
people that have read the script or uh, listened to the story, and everybody seems to get very excited and wants to jump on board once they've heard all about it. So that's exciting to me. That means people are really interested in it, and it is an actually, it's a good story. And it is. It's a good story. It's got good characters. And although we don't have the traditional Oz characters that people think, we have whole new races and whole new types of people that um, nobody's ever heard of. Because this actually takes place 500 years before Dorothy. So there are different realms and different witches and different things that are happening. But through the course of the films, people will see the Emerald City become the Emerald City that they remember. But why? Nobody would ever know because that story hasn't been told. You know what I mean? So oh, it's yeah. completely new, but it will have a sense of the Wizard of Oz for sure. So it's almost like a spiritual location. prequel. It'll have a a lot of different stories that go along with it, but there'll be things like people will see. You'll see the yellow brick road get built. You'll see the um, why the Emerald Palace becomes Emerald. You'll learn stories that tie all that together, but they're new stories, and there's new. Um, magical realms and creatures that are not traditional Wizard of Oz. But they'll tie in. I absolutely cannot wait. I mean, I'd imagine <laughs> you're too. more eager than I am, but... <laughs> yeah. And the costumes are, are fantastic. The, the drawings for the costumes and the artwork and what the characters are going to look like, is, is it's all really cool and unlike stuff that people have seen before. But still, we'll have a little bit of a nod to the Wicked Ross yet. Hell yeah. I was going to say, I think there's a whole, there's a market in a, for Wizard of Oz material. Obviously, that's why there's other things coming out that are now Oz related. Oh yeah. But it'll be an interesting take on it. And because it's so different than the way that things are usually tied to the Wizard of Oz, usually when anything comes out about the Wizard of Oz, it is tied to the characters of the story whether it's Dorothy or the witch or whatever, where the Emerald um, Forest does not do that. We're not tied to any characters in Oz because our characters are way before that. And they are, un nobody would ever know who, who they were, but they are tied to those characters of the future. So it's just how is the interesting part. And, we go into so many different things as far as the witches of how they get their powers. And it's just a, a very deep, interesting new take on something rather than something that's regurgitated from the past. It's exciting. And, and I think that that is what people are finding so interesting about the story. It's, and yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those. And just, just listening to you talk about it, you know, it's one of those where, yeah, it's a new take on a classic tale but it's not, oh, here's the Tin Man, here's the Scarecrow, you know. Yeah, or even Dorothy. Yeah, you know, you, you get to have a little bit more fun with it. You, you you open the world up a little bit more to whatever your imagination wants. Yeah. Well, and, and your Wilcox budget allows. going to be playing Oz, which is so cool. Yeah. And unlike anything she did. And that actually came about from a conversation I had with her during the filming of Reunion from Hell 2. So I had asked her if you could play any character that you have never played before, 
but you think that if you got a chance to play that type of character, it would just, you would just rock the shit out of it. And she's described this evil queen that she always wanted to play. And that is kind of what sparked the Emerald Forest. And she's playing that kind of type of character and playing the queen. And it's not the traditional Oz. Her name is Osmodeus. And so she, she just goes by Oz. But she's the villain. And for her to play a character like that, I think people are not going to know what hit them when they see her put that outfit on and turn into that character. Yeah, it's funny that that's the question that started her role in movie, because that was actually going to be my next question for you. Was if there's it, any kind of role? Yeah, any any role you know that you could uh, play. What would it, you know? What would it be? Have two. I, I think I would love to play a hardcore something very hardcore action um, and physical. Uh, I'd love to play an action star while I'm still young enough to pull it off. <laughs> and then I'm also dying to do a comedy and I want to get a chance to show people I can be funny rather than I can, I, I can just get cast in something to look intimidating. Or just be the big uh, enforcer big type. dumb guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or the villain. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm funny, man. <laughs> Give me a chance to be funny. So I'm dying to do a comedy. So I'm, I'm looking at projects for that in that kind of realm. That would be my goal. Hell yeah. Or my, what'd you say, my dream role? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some kind of comedy character. I'd love to play like Ash from um, Evil Dead. Oh, that'd be cool. What a great role. Yeah. Uh, say it's and a mix of is, it's a mix of comedy and action. Death. Yeah, but why wouldn't you? No, exactly. I mean, you you get a role like that, you run with it. Mm-hmm. And he's fantastic at it. Mm-hmm. He does it really well. But I I would love to play that role. That that would be a lot of fun to me. A lot of action and also scary and also funny. <laughs> what a cool character! No, exactly. Every role I pick, it has to have, and I think people are going to see that. They're not going to come, probably come out in the same order as I shot them, though. But as I shot these films, each one was, to me, more challenging than the one that I did before. It pushed me to be a better actor, and it pushed me to do things that I wasn't comfortable with. And that's how I choose my projects. So the next film that I'll end up doing will be something where I think, yes, I've never done that before, or that will be extremely difficult. Let me do it. Because that's just how my brain works. Uh, that's how it should work. You know, you, you always push yep. yourself to do better. Otherwise, you know what your goal is. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, you get stuck in this, like, wheel of complacency. And you, you get stagnant. Yeah, for sure. And then why and are you doing it? a lot it? of time when you, when you get people that work in this industry... Anybody who's doing it for any kind of recognition, it's going to take 10 times longer. you got to start working because it's making you better. It's making you challenged. And then your projects get better. Your offers get better because you're getting better. Oh, yeah. So out of the upcoming projects, do you know which ones, like, you know, do you have release dates for any of them? And, like, what do you what are you working on next? I think that uh, the film Parallels that I uh, shot, oh my God, I have no idea when I shot it, um, one summer, either it was this past one or the one before that, 
Um, and it's a supernatural thriller. It was a lot of fun. I think that comes out next month. Oh, nice. And um, it got delayed, but I think I just got an update that it's coming out next month. Then the Christmas Hallmark-type film that I did, The Rose Wagon, that one isn't was originally supposed to come out by this Christmas, and I, it just got delayed. So I have no idea when that's coming out now. Uh, hopefully they're not going to hold wait until next Christmas, but might be. At this point, release it in July. Go for a Christmas in July release. Yeah, some sort of... I mean, it might come out, but I don't know when it'll go big release. And then, um, what else do I have that's going to be coming out? Honestly, it's hard for me to remember what I've done. <laughs> oh, you told me that you thought uh, Tin Roof was going to come out in the spring. Sorry, I think Tin Roof, assuming they get all the, uh, assuming the cut looks the way they wanted to, I think it's supposed to come out in the spring. I have no idea when Reunion from Hell is coming out. Do you? I know that they were shooting for sometime this month, next month. It kind of, I think at this point, it depends on where the edit falls. I know they're close. Did you say this month or next month? That was the original plan, yes. Oh, wow. I had no idea it was that close. Um, I, I think I remember hearing about a premiere. Uh, and then, but I don't remember when it is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, so hopefully we'll be getting some of these, uh, some of these projects off your upcoming list and on your current list so people can see your work. Well, not yeah. see your work, but see some of your newer work rather. Yeah. I think as far as things that have actually been released, there's a short film that was released that, um, for a film festival and it won the film festival. That's out. Oh, nice. And, um, it's cute. It's called um, Neutral Nervous, and it, it kind of goes through the different ways that people meet in a film, as this guy is giving advice to a friend of his on how to pick up some girl. It's it's cute. Mm. And uh, that was for a 48-hour film festival, and it won the film festival, and I won Best Actor. Oh, uh, wow. Congratulations. So, yeah, thanks. It was cool. Uh, that's out. And um, I think there are going to be a couple in a few months. I can't remember what's out, honestly. <laughs> well, you've been a busy man. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm always doing something. Before we wrap up, where can listeners follow you for updates on all of the lovely projects that you have eventually coming out? Uh, they can find me on Facebook or they can find me on Instagram. And it's just uh, at Darren Lotel. And listeners, I will put both of those in the episode description so it's easy access and as always you know you can find me and other great podcasters over at electronicmediacollective.com or if you just want to look for me find me on facebook and twitter at moose media inc just look for the moose darren this has been fun i'm really glad we were Don't able to get this locked down download my music on itunes uh, see yep and there's another link i'll add this was fun, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we were able to get it scheduled and locked in. And I'm definitely looking forward to having you back on in the future for, you know, because you have more talk to about talk about. some of these films coming out. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot you want to talk about, but you're not quite sure where you can go with it right now. So, Well, I'm excited to hear what you're going to think about. Oh, definitely. And listeners, tune in tomorrow for another all-new episode of the 13 Horrifying Days of Christmas. And go check out 
all of Darren's projects that he has out currently and download his music. Until next time, Horror Hounds, mash on.